When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get caught side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the first of our season previews for 2023-24. Supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, it has been an eventful summer. We have done some podcasts. If you want to go back and find them, we have talked about stuff. We've talked about new signings. If you're thinking, why are we not discussing them? We have done that as well. Savage Wings and Things. One of my favourite ever <laughs> podcast names. But I've also been joined by the legend that is James Earnshaw from the Red and Chronicle. First of all, James, how is your head after last night of the turtle? Oh, it's sore. It's so I've I've hardly moved out of bed other than to go to Bearwood to speak to Sellers. Um yeah, but it was worth it. It was a, it was a great night and one which we all needed just to let off some steam. I think really. Yeah, I know. I think it was quality, really well organised by the club. Um, the Amazons were great. Ruben Sellers was uh, really great. Not Nevers, but that was someone else. But he, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, Sparky, he was good, and Noel Hunt was just mm, Noel Hunt, Noel Hunt, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, you don't really need to add anything more to him. He's just a legend on his own. So James, you have been up to Bearwood today. What are the main takeaways that you had from talking to Mr. Sellers? Well, the main one has to be the confirmation. I know he said it last night to sort of appease the the, the baying crowd at the Turtle, but Wing and Savage can both play tomorrow, which is a good start. Sam Smith, uh, he's a question mark for tomorrow, um, but it's not as bad as they'd feared. He has been training, just not in full training, so he hopefully won't be out for long. Um Another signing potentially this afternoon or this evening. Um, I think Tim Dell has alluded to the fact that it's expected to be Harley Dean, but um, obviously wait and see the official announcement for that one. Um, and the kind of a bit, I guess, tinging, disappointing news with the whole embargoes for the next couple of seasons. And, you know, they've appealed the third one, um, but I can't really see how you can appeal it because they've, you know, they, they it's black and white. Um, so I wouldn't expect them to succeed, but who knows what these magical lawyers can do. Um, so yeah, freeze and loans for the foreseeable, but you know, we're used to that and it's nothing, nothing major. There's plenty of uh, good options out there without having to buy fees. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Now that we can actually pay a, a decent wage for in league, well, nothing incredible. I don't want us to be doing that, but we are going to stay away from embargo chat because <laughs> we're trying to be as upbeat as possible about the team because, uh, it's the only option we've got, isn't it? I think uh, the reality is it's going to be really, really tough. But we have made another addition today. Rashish is signing on our one-year deal. He's played a lot of the preseason, James, hasn't he? And he's looked okay. Yeah, he's he's one that's um, he's a grower, not a shower necessarily. He's uh, got better as the season's gone on. Um, he, an interested Sellers did um, reference that. He sees him more as a 21s player that could bridge the gap into the first team. But as things stand, obviously, the team is so sort of light on the ground that he'll, he'll be involved in some capacity tomorrow. But I think in the long run, he's he's not going to be chucked in 
consistently uh, from the start. And, you know, it'd be good at some point to be able to do that and have the option of not having to play all the other players that we have because we haven't got anybody else. No, we really don't, do we? <laughs> We're unbelievably bare in some areas of of numbers or quality. It, it is quite horrific. This is why it's such uh, massive news for us that Savage and Wing can start. I mean, we have no idea what Wing's going to be like because <laughs> I don't think he's played any preseason. Maybe he played, did he play in the QPR match? No, he's no, not featured in any preseason, but he has okay. been doing full training consistently. Yeah. So, so that's going to be tough for him. I know he's a season pro. Mm. You know, he's 28 or so, so he's not like a young kid, but that's still a hard task to come, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, especially with the expectation that those two are going to be the saviours of the season. Um, you know, they're the they're the men that's carrying us to promotion um, in midfield. So, no, it'd be good to see him rule out. And to be honest, tomorrow is just going to be a, an interesting one. It's obviously mainly the, the protest that's going to catch attention. Um, the game itself, providing there's some positive bits to, to cling on to, I don't think the results will be all an end already. I mean, we're about three or four weeks behind everybody else in terms of development of the squad. Um, and the team that plays tomorrow won't be the team that, that plays on the first game of September when the window closes. So it's going to be an interesting benchmark to see where we are against someone that's expected to be up and around it by the end of the season. But, you know, if we lose, it's not it's not the end of the world. No, no, I agree. And obviously there is a protest after the match would sell before we die. Um, that was a sit-in that will be based, started at Club 1871. You will be able to get access there if you aren't sitting there. So if you feel like you want to join us, Please do. It's up to you, isn't it? But all I can say is, die young. Look about what's happened in the last month, years. It hasn't been good, James. At some point, we have to make a stand against it. Will it make any difference? We have no idea. But all we can do is our best. Yeah, exactly that. Fans have. Um, Sellers was asked about it today as well, and you know he fully agrees that fans have their right to, you know, air their. You know, it's our club and it's the fans' club, and you know, if we're not happy with something, then then we have a right to say it. And um, I think it's a nice sort of um, way of, of doing it without being too disruptive to the players. And, you know, hopefully we um, can sit and talk about a win while we're sat around for a few hours after the game. Or an hour yeah, totally. The totally. There's nothing more than or everyone who would be involved in that. And all Reading fans, all we want to see is wins, isn't it? Mm. And we want to see the team go out there, give everything. And at the moment, I think it's really hard to expect to see a plan because he just hasn't got the players, has he? Yeah. So he's going to have to adapt everything. And I can imagine that would be incredibly frustrating for Sellers because he's had all pre yeah, a lot of preseason, but he still hasn't been able to do anything. He knows the players he wants to realistically get in. Mm. But yeah, we know who's let him down, but let's not get into that too much. <laughs> but it is promising that we are making some signings and we're making some movements. How sellers will be judged, like he said last night, uh, something along the lines of, yeah, I get a great reception now, but let's see how it is in a mm. month. Because you know it is as a manager. <laughs> you just don't know, do you? But what do you think uh, from James and James? Because you've met him a few times now. Just as a person, how does he come across? Yeah, seems seems a nice enough bloke. Um, in fairness, they've all seemed nice enough blokes, uh, at least at the start anyway. Um so you know the the proof as you know the proof of the pudding will be in the in the eating. But you know you want him to do well. You want anyone in charge of Reading to succeed because it means you know fans are happy, I'm happy, and everyone's happy. Um, so you know you just have to see how it goes. You know you can't really judge him on the short spell at Southampton. Um, 
So he's, he's got a blank slate and see what he can do. I mean, the expectation, I don't think, with many fans is to go straight back up. So in that regard, I think he's got a bit of time. This year maybe could be a, a, a building year before sort of maybe making an assault next year when hopefully sort of things are a bit further along. How many times have we said that? But hopefully they will be next season. Um, you know, it'd be nice to be in and around it, but see, see how it goes. He's got a very clear plan and a way he wants to play and see how quickly he can get that across. Yeah, well, if James Earnshaw is happy, everyone in RG1 <laughs> and or everywhere in Reading will be happy. <laughs> this is all good. All good news. Is the pulse of Reading FC. So, yeah, let's see how it goes tomorrow. Now, we're getting to the dreaded bit. We haven't done this for many for a few months now, Happy James, but it's a horrible prediction time, and it really is. Mm. I'm going to say let's do a prediction from your heart because if we do reality... <laughs> It might be hard. It's up to you. What do you want to do? Do you want to do reality or do you want to do one from the heart? Never mind. I can do both. In reality, I think we'll lose. Um, I think it'll probably be uh, uh, 2-0. Uh, and then heart, we can nick it 1-0, keep the momentum, uh, sort of feel-good factor from the last few days and, and move into knocking Millwall out of the cup on Tuesday. Yeah, that'd be lovely. <laughs> I'd take that. I mean, uh, to be honest, I would take a draw right now. Oh yeah, and it yeah. isn't because I think Peterborough are amazing. I, I don't think they're bad. I don't really know what they were like last season. I didn't watch any of it, but <laughs> we are just dreadful at the moment because we haven't got the players. So I'm going to go for very optimistic. Why not? It's the first game of the season. Just one all. <laughs> that is my optimism. That's as far as it will go. But we will see. We will see. So thanks a lot, James. Uh, now it's going to be time for Alex to chat to a. Peter Barra fan. So I hope you enjoy that. And uh, let's just see how it goes on Saturday. Eh? Welcome back. We've been joined for the second part of the Elm Park Rules preview pod uh, by John Verrill. John, how are you doing today? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Yourself? Yes. Uh, better for the news of Reading's embargo having been lifted this afternoon. Certainly. Uh, John, you host Up the, up the Posh. Um, on Twitter Spaces, is I think it might be a weekly show. It's not. We kind of just do it um, as, as and when. Normally, they're known as sort of like emergency spaces around the Peterborough fan base. So it's normally when something bad happens, um, we all get together and just have a chat with all the Peterborough fans and get the opinion. Basically, how's your summer been? Obviously, the the news, the main news that I kind of have heard out of Peterborough every summer has been around the potential that administration might be around the corner what's kind of been the mood in the fan base from that yeah I mean there has been a lot of off the field noise it's been rumbling on since actually the back end of last season um it stems from ownership issues really uh not so much McAntony who I think is the more well-known of the three owners that we have um but the other two um they came on board about five years ago now I believe um and there, there, there appears to be a dispute between the two of them over finances um, on the face of it, Posh's finances look fairly concerning. We're in a sizable amount of debt and loans have been taken out at high interest rates, I believe. Um, so there is some concern about the long-term financial future of the club. Uh, McCantney himself have said there's no danger of us going into administration. And the good thing with this Posh squad is there is quite a few sellable asset, assets in there. So, you know, if, if the time comes where we really are in dire straits, we, we do have sort of players that can sell for, for relatively large amounts of money uh, for League One players. We've probably got one of the more valuable squads in the division. So I guess my own feeling is we're probably not in immediate danger of um, 
administration and and people with more financial knowledge than me have kind of verified that um but obviously it's not great when you're hearing some of the noises coming out of the club at the minute and, and there is there is some concern among the fan base uh i think some sections are more concerned than others but i think there is this rumbling of discontent at leadership level and we need to get that sorted really because it doesn't feel like the most stable club at the minute Oh, it's a nice kind of like symmetry with uh, Reading FC, just maybe slightly less uh, panicky than Reading currently. But that's, um, yeah, it's it's good to hear there's not the immediate threat of administration at the very least. And as you say, you do have one of the more, probably the, more, the most valuable squads, I would say, at League One level, certainly. Um, the assets that you do have are, are definitely worth seven figures. The majority of those kind of like sellable ones um and of course you've kind of got this famous policy at peterborough of well i guess it's two isn't there's one of bringing players from lower league and, and non-league and being able to develop them and sell them on for high figures but also once they get to their final year of contracts everybody is basically just up for sale and of course the main man up front for peterborough johnson clark harris is in his last year this year so are we expecting to see him on saturday because i know his captaincy of the team has been taken away from him over summer. Um, but is he kind of expected to feature in these kind of early games, do you think, while the window's still open? Yeah, while Clark Harris is here, he, he's definitely going to start. Um, ultimately, Posh don't really have another striker that's anywhere near his level. We um, bought in Chimanga from Chesterfield last season. He only really played very sporadically off the bench. He still never scored a goal for us. And to be honest, when he did come off the bench, uh, he didn't look great. But I mean, that is in... 10, 20 minute cameos at the end of game. So it's tough to judge a player that's jumping up two leagues. But whilst Clark Harris is here, he will be starting. He's had a decent preseason, scored a few goals. And if if he stays for the season, it's ultimately only a good thing for Peterborough. I mean, he's proven goal scorer at this level. There are some of our fans who, you know, get a bit frustrated and say he's a bit immobile, but he scores goals. And if you give him chances, he is a proven, proven goal scorer at this level. And I think most sides in the division would love to have him. Uh, we we would kill for a striker like Johnson Clark Harris, who could get 20 goals a season, definitely. Um, I mean, how do you rate the rest of this kind of summer's transfer business at Peterborough? I know you, you did sell a couple of players uh, over the window. I think um, I want to say it was Joe Ward who went over to, to Derby and Jack Taylor, both kind of like regulars last season who've left. How do you think the kind of replacements are going to do this this year? So with Joe Ward, I'll touch on him first. I mean, he was sort of a, a divisive player amongst the posh crowd. I think generally there was a an acceptance that he was a good League One player, but I'm not sure his ceiling was ever any higher than that. Um, I don't think he's going to be the biggest of misses. He was a good player. He wasn't a great player. Um, and down the right wing, we have Poku, who I would argue is a better player than Ward. So he was often getting put in the team at right back, which he could play there. Don't get me wrong. He, he was good deliveries from out wide. I mean, his crossing was a bit hit and miss, but he was a regular crosser of the ball. He could beat a man. He had pace. He was good. He was decent going forward. Um, but defensively, he he was trained as a winger. And he, and he looked like that at times. So against the stronger teams in the division, he was a little bit susceptible. So we've brought in Peter Chioso from Rotherham on loan. Um, I don't know too much about him, if I'm being honest, but he has a decent track record at this level. He's played for MK Dons. Um, the Rotherham fans are really disappointed to see him go, or at least the majority of them were. 
Um, I think one of his issues has been injury concerns. So um, the hope is that he stays fit. And if he does stay fit, then I don't think that's going to be a massive uh, disparity in quality between the two of them. Uh, losing Jack Taylor is unquestionably a blow. Um, Taylor was in my opinion, one of the best players in League One. Uh, he had become too good for us. We knew it was coming, that he was going to go. Uh, and that's why he's got to move to Ipswich because, you know, they're an upbelievable mobile club and it's a good move for him and, and they should be probably pushing for top six in the championship. And I feel like that's about Taylor's level, that that upper echelons of the championship. He is a very, very good midfielder. So to replace him is going to be difficult. But Archie Collins is a good replacement. Um, you know, he's proven at League One level, uh, good ball player, good technically. Uh, so I'm I'm quietly confident that we've done a decent job of replacing at least the two starters in our team. We also have lost Oliver Norburn. Um, he was one of the more experienced players in the team and and a, a a vocal presence in the team and a physical presence. And Posh aren't the most physical of teams, um, so to lose him in that sense it is a blow. Uh, and and we're we're trusting a guy called Kipriano to come through now. Kipriano would come up from Leighton Orient last season, had a promising season, but at six foot three, you'd want him to be a little bit more imposing on the game. Um, at times, he's very good on the ball, but you you kind of, he's going to need to step up this season, really, and, and be that dominant force uh, in the midfield. Is he coming out of your, like, through your, well, not your youth system, but Leighton Orient's kind of like youth, and then you know, I'm assuming he's not that old, Kipriano. I think he's 22 now, maybe he, 23. Because Collins is, Collins is fairly like young as well, isn't he? So your central midfield is presumably quite inexperienced in in this like, you know, for starters. Yeah, well but by design actually, um at the end of last season, we also got rid of a guy called Frankie Kent, who was one of our more experienced players and played at centre back. Um so by design at the end of last season, Ferguson and McCantley both said we want a young squad. We're led to believe the manager said this. Uh there are some skeptics who say that it was financial reasons that led us to do this. Um but basically, they, they said they wanted to reduce the average age of the squad and go out with a bunch of youngsters. Um, I think Posh's starting lineup could well be one of the youngest in the history of the football club on Saturday. There's barely anyone over the age of 30 in the team. I think Clark Harris might be our oldest player at 29. Mason Clark's been made captain. He's 23. <laughs> Was Has only had one season out of non-league. So certainly in terms of experience, there's not a lot there. Um, it is, is relying on these young players to step up and really prove their worth as it as it as it goes. I mean, we're given a lot of the youth team chances as sort of fringe players, not necessarily in the starting lineup, but but our backup players, if we have issues um fitness wise, uh, a lot of them will come for our academy. And, and that that is sort of the mantra of the football club this season, they're saying. That's uh yeah, that's quite interesting to hear that your you know strength and depth is very reliant on your academy because it feels I mean, it feels that again, that feels very similar to Reading in the sense that we just don't have that many experienced players necessarily. Um, and then we're relying on, again, academy players. So it's, it's interesting to hear that there's, there's clubs which are similar, similar, but not quite as, again, not quite as crisis, crisis situation. But it's an interesting, um, interesting thing to look at in terms of squad depth, certainly. And I, you mentioned Darren Ferguson had this kind of epiphany at the end of last season to bring in this lower age, lower average age for his squad. And I'm assuming this is down to wanting to play with more energy and, and faster paced football. What's the Peterborough fans kind of current current viewpoint on Darren Ferguson? Because what is this, his third or fourth spell at Peterborough now? It, it feels like he's back and forth there with Grant McCann 
every second season. So I'm assuming that Grant McCann is going to be in place again in about February. Yeah, I mean, you're not the first one to um, make that joke. <laughs> we hear it quite a lot. But yeah, I mean, Fergie's been here. This is his fourth stint now. Um, at the time when he was appointed, I was... I mean, I said four for, I, as an exaggeration. I genuinely thought it was only three, but OK, four is a, is a lot. Yeah, and, and at the time when he came back for the fourth time, um, I, I was kind of... I wanted to see some fresh ideas and fresh impetus in the club. But what people that are behind Fergie, and, and there is a widespread feeling that Fergie is probably the best Peterborough, manager, Peterborough United manager of all time. Uh, I think that's hard to argue with now. He's, he's led us to multiple promotions. And, and there's no doubt at League One level, he's an excellent manager. Um, you can't take that away from him. For me, it was a, a bit of an like a, a non-creative appointment. I would have liked someone with an outside voice. But ultimately, we've got quite a trustworthy manager, um, a League One proven manager. And I think most of the fan base have now come to accept it. There are still some that are, that are firmly Fergie out, but he he does have his admirers at Posh. Of course he does. I mean, you look at his track record and generally he's been very, very successful. So there, there is no argument that Peterborough could get a better manager really in terms of CV at this level. The, the argument is that we'd like to see some new ideas. But I guess with this new philosophy, although it's not that new because Posh have always promoted youngsters and you you talked about it yourself, they, that we always like to have players come up from the non-league and give them chances. But we're going even younger now. I think that they're, they're trying to play an even more stylish brand of football. And like you say, part of the reason they give for wanting to go to youngsters is they want to go even more high press, more high energy, quicker football. Um, so... If it turns out as successfully as kind of we're led to believe they're hoping it will, then everyone's going to be behind him. That that that's the way football goes, isn't it? If he gets results, people people will. Yeah, people people don't complain when people, when their team wins. Ultimately, that's uh, that is kind of how it goes. Uh, I, what is success for Peterborough then this season with this new philosophy and, and squad? It's tough to say because the club have come out and Dara normally. Darren McCantney, our chairman, normally has a has a very high ambitions for the club. He normally talks about wanting to win the league. Or yeah, he's very outspoken, isn't he, on social media? Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, he normally has a a catchphrase for the season, which will be like the Vengeance Tour or the Greatest Show on Turf. Or he'll build it up, and a lot of posh fans have become a little bit tired of that rhetoric. I think, um, and he's kind of stepped back this season and said, "Look, I, I'm not going to." put any names in it i've promised the management staff that we're just going to keep things under under the radar and and sort of like not build them up to to be saying we're going for a promotion and fergie himself has said it's a three-year project we're going young however i think the club are actually our target in the top six they're just not saying it um for me success would probably be eight or above uh, but then if you finish seventh or eighth you're going to look back on the season and think oh we were only a few points off the the playoffs it's going, to be, so, going to be disappointing, isn't it? If you finish in in seventh or eighth, yeah. And with Posh, we've been we've been a side that that's always considered a promotion contender in League One for so long now that it's hard to change that mentality and say, well, if we come twelfth, it's a successful season. Because I look through our squad and I don't think it's I don't think there's eleven starting XIs that are better than our team. Oh, really? It's only the the, the sort of fringe players where I'm a little bit concerned whether we have that quality outside of our starting lineup um, 
that that's where my worries come. So if we get lucky with injuries, I do think we've got a half a chance of getting in that top six. But if we if we're affected badly with injuries, which you just never know, or suspensions, or you know, bad luck throughout the season, then we could be looking at twelfth to sixteenth. I don't but arguably, as you say, because of the fact that Peterborough have been this promotion chasing team for however many of the last ten years. It's very easy to see Peterborough. I mean, personally, I've got Peterborough finishing, I think, fifth, I said in our preseason um, predictions. Uh, it's very easy to see them doing well, purely because you've seen them do it in the past. Um, but because we're only, what, the 3rd of August at the minute, and when we're recording this, we've still got a month basically left of the transfer window. It, it feels like that's going to be basically the, the base of your season, right? If, if, you lose players like Johnson Clark Harris, are you going to finish sixth or are you going to finish 16th? It makes such a massive difference to the to the season. Yeah, and there is a lot of uncertainty at the minute. I mean, the club have actively put multiple players on the transfer list. Two of our probably two of our three best players in terms of Ronnie Edwards and Johnson Clark Harris um are both on the transfer list. They're both likely to go. The club have made no secret of that. They've said they're probably going to go. At the minute, they're still here. So you look at the starting lineup for Saturday, for instance, and it looks a very, very good League One squad. Has there um, been much interest in them yet? So the club have said that Clark Harris has had bids from the MLS, and I think two League One clubs have tried to sign him. One of them is Charlton, I believe, but I don't think they can afford him. Uh, Ronnie Edwards, the club are looking for big money. Uh, I, th- I, th- I would think the price tag is somewhere between the eight to 10 million pound mark in terms of including add-ons. Um, I don't know how much interest there's been in terms of bids and things like that, but he has been linked with the likes of Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Brentford, Tottenham, Chelsea in January. So he's linked with a lot of teams in the Premier League. Um, and I-, I do think both of those players will go. The club has said it's a one-in, one-out policy now. Um, so if they if they both go, we're going to struggle to get replacements of equal quality. Uh, if they both stay, you know that's that's the league one golden boot winner twice out of the last three seasons, and probably one of England's best defensive prospects in the team. So there's a yeah, it's going to make a massive difference basically if they if they're there or not, I guess. Yeah, they're huge players for us. Like I say, I think they're two of our three best players, and I include Mason Clark in that. Uh, Mason Clark, I think, will stay. He's just been made the captain. Um, but outside of that, you look through the Peterborough team and I think even outsiders would say who are the two best Peterborough players and you'd probably go Clark Harris and Ronnie Edwards. They're certainly the most high-profile players that we've got. So if we can keep them, it might not be the best move financially, but certainly on the pitch, we're going to benefit. In terms of this weekend then, uh, Peterborough coming to, to Reading, I don't remember Peter playing at Reading that often, I have to say, even though it feels like we've played each other quite a lot over the last few years. We obviously had that relegation battle at London Road, uh, what, two seasons ago now in the pouring rain in mid-February. Awful game. One of the worst games I think I've ever seen. (laughs) Absolutely. um, I mean, I'm only hoping that this weekend's game can be better than that. Uh, What prediction have you got? I mean, what prediction have you got from Reading for this season? And then what prediction have you got for, for this weekend's game? So, again, Reading are a tough team to predict. I I really struggle to place you as a team because I just don't know what your squad's going to look like by the end of August. You've obviously had big financial difficulties and transfer embargoes and things like that. And 
I could sit here and say you're going to be in the bottom four at the minute, or I could sit here and say you're going to be in the top six, just because I I literally have no idea what your squad's going to look like at the end of August. Um, ne- ne- neither neither does any Reading fan out there, I think. I know, I know, and it is tough. What I would say is a lot of your recruitment, I think, from the outside looking in, in terms of Savage, Harvey Nibs, um, Lewis Wing and uh, Sam Smith, uh, well, three of them have come from teams that were right down the bottom last season of League One. Sam Smith called us problems against Cambridge. Um, He scored against us and, and he's a decent player, but I don't know if he's... Top he's class. He's not going to be playing on Saturday, though. No, he's that injured, isn't he? Yeah. And the same, with, I, th- I think the same goes for Harvey Nibs, really. I think he's a solid League One player, but he's probably not someone that's going to strike fear into the strongest teams of the division. So at the minute, your recruitment looks like, I don't want to sound too confident, <laughs> jinx things going into Saturday, but it feels a bit mid table y. Um, but, but like I say, I, I find you really hard to place. It's a tough question to answer. And if I had to say, I think. You're a fairly big club. Well, you are a big club for the division, a very big club, one of the biggest clubs in the division. So I don't, I know people have put you down the bottom. A few people, I think um, not the top 20, you might have had you bottom, if I remember right. Um, I think so you might be. Tradition. Yeah, I think you, I think you might be better than that. Uh, you still have some decent players from your championship season. And uh, I think you, I think you'll be okay. I think there'll be four teams worse than you. Um, but, where I could place you is is a really difficult question, like I say. What about this weekend's game? Are you confident? I was more confident before you got your players registered <laughs> when I thought we would be playing your kids. Um, I was more confident. Now I wonder if that's given you a little bit of momentum, a little bit more confidence going into the game. Um, I, know, I know I don't think the feeling's great among the fans, but it might just take a little bit of the edge off the protests. I don't know this from an outside looking in. Well, I think it, it massively depends on how the first 15 minutes or so go. We'll, we'll yeah. Have to see. Um, but, but yeah, um, I think, like I, 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 I touched on it earlier, but the minute Posh's squad is looking quite strong. Uh, we've got no injury problems. Uh, and I'm quietly confident that we can pick up a result. Um, but Peterborough's away form improved towards the end of last season, but uh, recently for about three years has not been very good at all. Even in our promotion season from League One, it wasn't particularly strong. So you never really know what you're going to get from Posh when they go on the road. No, and of course, the last away game you played was uh, a classic. So although the less said about that one, the better probably against Sheffield Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, I'd rather not mention that's probably it. a good place for us to end, really. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, don't bring it up. And uh, yeah, if you if you do want to check out uh, John on on Twitter, it's uh, at, at John Beryl on Twitter. They he hosts the Twitter Spaces, as he says, on the ad hoc basis. So if you want to catch up with how Peterborough are doing, that's uh, that's the place to do it. We'll be back after the game on Saturday and. The sit-in after the game. Uh, we'll be discussing that on Sunday, bringing you the latest on how Reading have opened the season. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, drop us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, and we will talk to you all very soon. Cheers. <laughs>